0: Welcome to Dig It. I'm Edge here with my co host Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Today, we'd like to welcome a special guest on the show, Dr. Mercola. Dr. Mercola is a board certified family doctor who has treated 20,000 patients but gave up his practice to found Mercola.com, which is the most visited natural health site on the web. For the past 20 years, despite being censored and removed from Google search engine and YouTube, he's been awarded by the New York Times, CNN, Biden, Jen Psaki and Francis Collins, the retired head of the NIH, as the number one spreader of quote misinformation about COVID-19. Dr. Mercola is a fellow in the American College of Nutrition. He is the author of 17 bestseller books, and he's committed to helping people take control of their health. He's helped change over 100 million lives since his website first went live 25 years ago. Welcome, Dr. Mercola. We're honored to have you here with us today.
1: Well, it's great to be with you, Edge and Corey. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Great to have you here. I can't wait to ask you questions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Drilled, <grilled> by Corey.
2: <laughs> I got, I got thrown the other week. I was listening to you saying we can't, we shouldn't eat oatmeal and shouldn't eat grains, and I said, what? No. But before I get into Hey, you, you know, you know, know what
1: the, ti- <laughs> my, the title of my first New York Times bestseller was? Two thousand four, the No Grain Diet. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Ah, see, I just don't, I just don't keep up enough with the, with the uh, health issues and what we should be doing. So, so it's great to have you on here, but before we get into the immune system and your wealth of knowledge on health topics, I just want to ask you, what do you think, what are some good tips, some things that people can do to uh, help reduce stress levels right now? Because I feel like everyone I know is in adrenal fatigue and just running on empty with everything going on.
1: Well, stress is a symptom. And, you know, I have a comprehensive strategy that I recommended approach and I'm actually compiling it into a new book. It's called the new take control of your health. My first book on that was published in 2007, 15 years ago, but I thought it was time for an update. So uh, I'm hoping to publish and give it away for free actually uh, at our 25th anniversary celebration in August. Um, So the reason I mentioned that is in the book, I'm, going to discuss dozens and dozens of different strategies that if you do them, your body tends to, they're they're typically hormetic stressors to give you a little stress, you know, because a little stress is good. It's just that when your capacity to um, embrace the additional stresses that are thrown at us is exceeded that you can go go negative. So, and then it's basic, simple things like enough sleep, you know, so many people ignore that foundational recommendation and, and you know so it's typically between seven eight hours there's a large number of people who think they can get do fine just under six hours of sleep and they're great and that's not true and i think i might be talking to one of them now and uh, you know so that is uh, and then and then another area where you're uh, I'm hesitant to say but guilty of is like and, and i don't know i mean it is it, it, the conventional experts state that it's really good to honor your biorhythms, which means Ideally, you go to bed when the sun sets and you get up when the sun rises. So it has to do with circadian biology and a lot of biological rhythms that are set. Um, and, and if you disturb that or ignore that, then, then that exceeds your capacity for other stressors. So there's, there's, there are dozens of others in the diet I'm sure we'll talk about. So it's, there's no magic bullet you know, for stress. I mean, certainly meditation, uh, but meditation and sleep are p- two pretty good ones, but I mean, you, ideally if you're doing everything combined, there's a synergistic in- impact that has, uh, the result in improving your capacity to, uh, tolerate stresses.
2: Okay. Okay. So I know you've been talking a lot about, and I'm, I'm like anxious to hear about this, you've been talking a lot about oils and acid and omega-6 and, and chickens. And I I want you to fill people in on what's been happening with our health and what it is we should be avoiding right now.
1: Well, this is nothing new. Uh, It's, you know, the paleo diet was popular a while ago and still is some people still embrace it, but essentially the concept with paleo is to honor the ancestral approaches that are that Especially with the restricted dietary patterns that our ancestors were using, so we don't even have to go back to Paleolithic era. So I have to go back is like turn the dial back about 150 years, when industrial processing of food came in a big, big way. So that's Mm -hmm. typically about 1860 or so, but really ramped up about 1900. So literally about 150 years ago, 160 years ago is when the advent of the introduction of industrialized processed seed oils, sometimes referred to as vegetable oils more inaccurately, <laughs> but that was a marketing gimmick, you know, right. Um, because vegetables, of course, are so healthy, but it's seed oils. And right. because it's the is the vegetable seeds that are typically used, you know, to harvest these oils. And the first one was not even a vegetable, it was cottonseed, uh, Cottonseed oil which was a waste product and uh, be, from harvesting cotton and they didn't know what to do with it so they decided to make a food out of it nobody's <laughs> cotton seed you know but they made crisco out of it. that was the primary ingredient for crisco so it was an alternative to lard and tallow animal yeah. fats which are very very healthy so i'm just setting the frame because prior to 1900 about one to 2% of the total daily calorie intake of the average person alive at that time yeah. was consisted of, of this omega-6 fat and the primary omega-6 fat is linoleic acid. And, uh, it's there, it's, it's similar to omega-3 facts. And they're both, they're both they're p- what's called a PUFA or a polyunsaturated fatty acid, and they're highly perishable, highly oxidizable. So you need some in your diet, although, There are some people who still believe that omega-6 fat is essential. It's not. And there are studies that have shown that you can raise 10 generations of animals without any omega-6 fat and they do just fine. So you don't need any, but even if you believe that you need some, it is almost physically impossible to not get omega-6 fat if you're eating food. It's in almost every food, not in all foods, but almost every food that you're going to eat. So you never, never, never have to worry about getting enough one of the most ridiculous supplements on the market is an omega-6 supplement. You know, this oh, it's crazy. That, that should, because once, once you understand this, you'll recognize that omega-6 fat in excess is a metabolic poison that will ac- absolutely accelerate and catalyze your progress towards every, almost every single chronic degenerative disease that's known to man. But let me give you some examples. Prior to 1900, Corey, how many people do you think had a heart attack in the United States? Oh gosh.
2: Probably not not many as compared to now.
1: Yeah. That well, how about like a handful, maybe between 5 and 10. That's crazy. Wow. Between 5 and 10. That now is it is crazy. the number one leading cause of death. Yeah. Cancer cancer was not, not as uh, extraordinary but it was still less than 1% of the people prior to 1900 died of cancer. Less than 1% Today, it's 33%. One in three people are dying of cancer. My gosh, Those are the two biggest ones. But you've also got obesity. We have a massive obesity epidemic. And there's a there's an equally massive confusion about what the cause is. Now, cl- and what, why is there a confusion? Because so many people who are interested in health and diet believe it's excess sugar. And that's nothing could be further from the truth. Yes, excess sugar is not good for you, but it's not the primary cause in my my belief and examination of data. It's excess linoleic acid that contributes to obesity. And you can even, there's recent data of, uh, of uh, China that's been compiled that shows, because China was about a hundred years behind us. They were pretty much eating this ancestral diet until about 1966, when they had this massive introduction of seed oils. And yeah. they, they literally have, some, uh, they're in the top 10 lowest consumers of sugar in the world. They have wow. like two tablespoons a day, like 10 grams. Oh, no, wait, it might be 20 grams, somewhere on that, tablespoon and a half or so, but it's a really low amount. You cannot accuse the Chinese of eating excess sugar. It's right, <laughs> wrong. So, anyway, that, di- that consumption of sugar did not change. And I, I probably maybe still be relatively stable to the, I, I don't know what the, I haven't looked at that slide for a while, but it's still really low but what acc- just accelerated and increased was the introduction of these seed oils and 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 an absolute lockstep with the in- introduction of the seed oils the the increase in obesity and cancer and heart disease and diabetes just follow it just straight follow it straight up well
2: i I actually ran in a report I did a few years back on eugenesis I was doing a timeline and it was talking about infertility and and how foods and different things were affecting us i started running the statistical data on multiple countries and every single graph for obesity was climbing i mean in multiple countries so mm-hmm. so yeah
1: well, yeah it's i mean and in the us we're at 40% it's expected to reach 50% by the end of the decade 50% one out of two people prior wow. to 1900 it was it was under 1% one wow. percent. It's just like cancer, you know. So it's really the introduction of the seed oils that are that are the big problem. So I think that probably sets the frame. So before, until we can, so we can start to talk about. <laughs> rather than just, my intention is not to create fear, <laughs> but to provide <laughs> simple strategies that you can easily implement that will radically change your life. And the, one of the reasons this is another distinction between the difference between seed oils and sugar
2: mm-hmm.
1: is that you can have sugar. And it will clearly raise your blood sugar, most likely increase your uh, insulin levels. And if used chronically can lead to insulin resistance and metabolic uh, inflexibility, which is clearly contributor for chronic disease. Um, But when you you stop eating the sugar, your body can only store about 1500 grams. I think it's one. It's, I'm, I think it's fifteen hundred mil. It's either I, I somehow I'm having a mental uh, distraction. I can't, it, it, but it's not much. Literally, it's a thirty-six hour storage of sugar in the form of glycogen, which is like a polysaccharide, stored typically in your liver and your muscles. And the 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 sugar in your muscles is used only for your muscles. You can't. Your muscles can't externally. Um, secreted into your bloodstream to use it for your body. So if you had a, a lot of sugar in your muscles, it's not gonna matter. It's only in your liver the ones that once it counts, that can stabilize it. And so you only have about a day's worth, which is one of the reasons why when people are um, insulin resistant or metabolically inflexible, mm-hmm. they um, don't have access to, story, to their fat stores. So, so even though they may be morbidly obese, they can't access that fuel because they they, their ability to to generate the enzymes and metabolize it are are just radically impaired so but anyway to finish the comparison so sugar you have a limited amount of storage but your fat stores in some people there there is a reported case of someone who did a water fast for over a year like 400 over 400 days so they had enough energy stored in their fat to live, to survive for over a year. Most wow. of us don't oh, wow. have that much fat, but the average person probably has several weeks at a minimum, most uh, the average person, probably several months easily. So you wouldn't have to eat anything. So, but they don't have the capacity to access that. And because of that inability to metabolize their fat, this is when they get the symptomatic, when they get hypoglycemic and dizzy and tired, but there's simple strategies they can allow them to access. So anyway, the, the point of that sharing that information is that when you ha- have a diet that's high in omega-6 fat, and the, so the average amount of, what is high? The average amount of percentage of calories, as I said earlier, one to 2% of the diet was in omega-6 fat. Now, what do you think it is now, today? 150 oh. years later?
2: Oh goodness, I don't know.
1: It's 10X, 10X. Wow. Yeah. So we're, t- we're eating 10 times as much. So if you get one to 2%, you're okay. You go up to th- past 4%, it becomes a huge problem. And most people are eating, instead of eating like four or five, six grams a day, they're eating 80 grams a day of omega-6 fat. So you can say, well, great, I'll stop eating it. Well, guess what happens? There's the long-term unintended consequences. And that is, it is stored in your cell membranes. Guess how long it's stored for? You're going oh to, are you sitting down? Cause you're oh not boy. You're want sitting down. I are know. Cause I,
0: I saw one of your videos p- prior to this. So I know the answer, but I'm going to go okay, ahead and well. let
1: you. All right, Corey, do you know? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. It's a, well, you could say a long time and you'd be right. But, but it's seven years. Seven oh my years.
2: gosh,
1: seven. Wow. years. Yeah. So this is when people go on a low linoleic acid diet, they may not see improvement for a while because their body has to metabolize it. And it's, it, you basically have to uh, kill that cell and recycle it, wow. you know, and then make a new one with, a, with a, the components that are around. So um, this is why you want a low linoleic acid diet. So it, it literally is the, it's the primary nemesis that's catalyzing ev- ev- almost every problem we have. And, and including, I mean, heart disease is number one. I mean, heart disease is not caused by high cholesterol. It's caused by oxidized cholesterol or more specifically, the proteins, the lipoproteins that carry it like LDL. And um, they, those lipoproteins only get oxidized when they're constructed out of linoleic acid. <laughs> if you don't have any, they're not going to be damaged. You don't have damaged Cholesterol and you will not form arterial plaque and you won't die of heart disease. So it's a simple strategy. Now there's, so that is number one. So any questions on that before I go into the next step?
2: Well, so when you say seed oils, I just, I just want to be clear. Are we also including, you know, what about olive oil? What about coconut oil? Are
1: those okay or better? Well, you forgot another common one, which is avocado oil. So Ah, yeah, so coconut oil is not technically a seed oil and it is perfectly fine. It is completely almost completely it's, I think it's over 95% saturated fat. So uh, it's not as good as it's a, it's a, it's a vegetable saturated fat. And there's, there's others like cacao butter, Uh, but it's not as good as animal um, uh, fats because there's no associated minerals with them. Like you're gonna get vitamin K2, you're not gonna get vitamin A, in coconut oil, it's just not there. In okay. some ways it's kind of like white sugar because there's just, it's just a fat. Now it's healthier than white sugar, but it doesn't have the associated micronutrients. So, so, so I'll, let me go talk about olive oil. Great question. Um, 80% of the al- al- olive oil and what I'm saying for olive oil, is also true for avocado oil, 60 minutes to the big expose on this like 10 years ago, 80% of it is mm-hmm. adulterated, mostly through the mafia but there are other people who adulterate it because if you if you understand how, what it, the labor required to generate a high quality olive oil, you'll understand why it's like $50 a quart because wow. you have to pick these olives within a day of ripening. You can't, you, I mean, literally within a day. And after they're picked, it gets even worse. You got to press the oil within hours to wow. get a high quality. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. So it makes perfect sense why it would be so expensive. So because it's so pricey, there's many companies who are more than willing to adulterate it, and they, what do they adulterate it with? Seed oils, safflower, sunflower
0: uh, right.
1: are typically the common ones. So, But even if you had the purest olive oil you know, and the best on the planet, it's still going to be about 10 to 20% linoleic acid. There's a, there's a wide variety, it could be even a little bit higher, but it depends on the, the variety of the, the, the olives. There, there's a pretty significant range. So I, I think it takes, I mean, but it is not the uh, health food that people think it is. So it is not the core of the Mediterranean diet by any way, shape or form. And that mm-hmm. blue zone is a bunch of nonsense. We don't have time to go into it now, but Paul Saladino has done a good job of exposing the, the fraud in that. Um, the um, So, you can have olive oil. I would just limit it to a tablespoon a day, but make sure it's high quality. You know? okay. and, and then if you're going to, why use avocado oil when you can use avocados? Now, I limit my avocados because, you know, I try to get less than 2% of my diet as linoleic acid and um, avoc- avocados have a lot. I mean, it might be 10, 20% of my linoleic acid content comes from an avocado. I have like half an avocado and it's still significant. So, Huh. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to, I wouldn't go crazy with three or four avocados a day. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. you know, some people do and it, it is a, it is a healthy food and it's, and it's certainly, you know, there, there's an, there's a, there's an author out there, Brian Peskin, who's been promoting this. He's been kind of one of my nemesis for a long time because he's promoting this myth that um, there's a difference between refined omega-6 oils and natural like omega-6 oils, like from, avocados. But no, omega-6 is omega-6. Yes, the, the, the refined ones and adulterated ones and the ones that are heated are far, far worse, but they're still bad in excess. You really want to get your total intake to under 2%. And one of the ways you can do that is a very great nutrient intake analyzer for free, for free, if you use it online on your desktop, and that's the best feature. You can do it on your remote phone, but they're going to charge you for it. So it's called Chronometer, C-R-O-N-O-M-E-T-E-R, Chronometer.com, and you and you can very carefully enter your food data into there. And and, and by carefully, I mean measuring it like an electronic kitchen digital scale, which only costs about ten dollars, and it will weigh it, to, weigh it to the gram, so you're not guessing, and you just. Enter your food in, and it will tell you precisely to the tenth of a gram how much linoleic acid you're getting. And yeah. there's even indications of what percentage of your diet and calorie intake is linoleic acid. So it'll like I, I'm, I'm almost always under 2%. But if you see you're 10, 20%, you know you've got a serious problem.
0: Right. Most people probably are because, I mean, when you consider all of the processed foods, and I mean, everybody uses oils in cooking. Um, Even when they're trying to eat healthy with whole foods, they don't consider the oils.
1: Let me expand on that edge. So when you say everybody that I want to expand that to include almost every restaurant you ever go to.
0: Right.
1: Okay. Because 100% who is good. They're not going to use animal oils in the kitchen. They're going to use butter. They're not going to use beef tallow because it's a lot more expensive. So, I mean, they could, and if you do a special request, they can do that for you, but you cannot assume it's going to be done. In fact, I have typically, so you have to be really, really careful about restaurants and the sauces that they use and the salad dressings. So almost every salad dressing is full of seed oil. I don't care if they say it's olive oil. It's not, it's adulterated. There's no way they can afford to give you the real high quality stuff. It's just, they, right. they brought a business.
2: So, so I, I have to ask: Have they been pushing, you know? Because I we've seen throughout our lives how they push, you know, omega. You want to get omega six into your diet? They have pushed that really hard, marketed it really hard. Are they oh, yeah. doing that just kind of as a as a cover for why it's in all of our foods, so people don't oh, get alarmed the, to the, it, or?
1: There, there, Corey goes with the conspiracy stuff. <laughs> 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 I, I, my, I mean, it did start in the fifties. I think it was the fifties. It could have been the sixties. I think it was the fifties. Ansel Keys, he's the one that, that 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 he was right. It was the fat, but he was wrong on the fat. He blamed saturated fat. The problem was omega six fat. and that's what they sec- recommend as a substitute, especially processed margarines. Remember that margarines that yeah. was healthier. You could not have better. was it, uh, <laughs> it, it, it? it? Tastes like butter or it's, it's uh. butter. What was the name of terrible. that terrible brand? Yeah, so I can't, believe,
0: I can't believe I can't believe it's not butter. butter. <laughs> yeah, that's it. yeah, I
1: remember what it was for so con-
2: country crock, right? Something like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, all those things. You, the only thing you want is real butter, and ideally you want grass-fed, organic. You know, it gets pretty pricey to do that, but that would be the ideal. And you, for cooking, you could use coconut oil. I think beef tallow is a lot better, but they're both equally low in linoleic acid. There's almost none in there. Um, very, it's like under one percent.
0: I know you're going to hate me for this, but I have a family of bacon lovers. Should we just save our bacon fat and use that?
1: <laughs> no, 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 I'm not no, that's fine. I mean, ancestral hogs or pigs are fine. The pro- Here's the problem, and thank you for bringing it up, Edge. The, what we have now in the 21st century and had most of the 20th century is a, is a transition over to really essentially prematurely killing all these animals through giving them the wrong types of foods. And they're giving them, they're not eating ancestrally. They're giving them grains that are loaded with omega-6 fat. So if you had a pig that was eating the right foods, it would be fine, but I can guarantee you with close to 100% certainty, you, you're, that's not the, the, the hogs that they're slaughtering for you. So it's really high linoleic acid. Chicken's even worse. So chicken and pigs should be avoided unless you have access to a farmer that is, that is raising them with the right food. Cause remember it's, uh, you know, our food is, is a indirect result of the food that, 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 that it, it is. Eating, right? right. Right. So, cause it's, it's, I mean, it makes perfect sense. That's why you want to avoid farm fish because they're giving farm fish are not high in omega three. They're high in omega six because they're mm. feeding them corn. Right. They're not feeding them other fish or algae. so. you have to do I mean, you don't have to, but if you, if you want to achieve health and that is a beautiful, that's a more than beautiful thing about the body is that, you know, I've been passionate about health for five decades, over five decades. And what I've learned in that time is that your body and everybody's body wants to be healthy. It was designed to be healthy. It's, it's auto correct feature is to go to health. It only is not healthy when you, overload it with things that you were never designed to be exposed to. And you avoid getting things that you were designed to be exposed to. And one of the things I hope we'll talk about is a simple one, which is sunshine. Everyone should be getting an hour of sunshine a day is their goal. And I pretty much do that. I mean, right before here, I just finished my daily walk on the beach. I walk like about 90 minutes and swim in the ocean. And I am not wearing a shirt. I can guarantee you and wear very short pants, why <laughs> so I have maximum skin exposure. <laughs> because you can live in Florida, or you can live in Saudi Arabia, but if you're, not, if you're inside all day, it's not gonna help you in any way, shape, or form. You have to be in the sun and you have to have maximum skin exposed. And it's not just for vitamin D. It's not just for vitamin D, it is for things like melatonin.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know if
1: I shared that on the, uh, the video that you saw. You did, you did,
0: you did. Okay. I, you okay. Did.
1: okay. okay. So, and we can talk about that too, because mel- melatonin is one of your most important antioxidants in your body. And Most people, if you've studied health, you've learned that melatonin is produced in your pineal gland, and it certainly is, but it's a very small fraction of the percentage that your body produces. It's less than 5%, less than 5%. Wow. So it's an important 5% because it, it, it kind of syncs up with your circadian uh, rhythm and your uh, clock. But, um, just as important, and I, and I speculate even more important, is the mit- is the melatonin that's produced inside your mitochondria. And the mitochondria are little organelles; these little tiny sections within your cells. Most all your cells have them. Uh, some cells, like your red blood cells, don't. But these are uh, about a billion years ago. They were like primitive bacteria, and they made their way into these eukaryotic cells, are are precursors, you know, that eventually evolved into humans, and. They, they, the benefit is they were able through uh, their, their cellular machinery to take oxygen from the air that was being produced by the plants at the time because there was, I mean, when Earth first started, there was no oxygen, but then plants came around and they started, oxygen was their byproduct. I mean, we breathe out CO2, plants breathe out oxygen. So there was this oxygen available and the oxygen is, it was actually pretty toxic. Uh, killed off, I think like 99% of the life that was on the planet, and, but there were some life forms that evolved to, to use it and mitochondria were one of them and the mitochondria integrated into our cells and they have the capacity to use oxygen. They generate energy so efficiently, but in the process of generating ener- energy and the energy is generated from uh, essentially combusting the food that you eat, usually uh, fats and carbohydrates and it runs it through what's called the electron transport chain and it makes some, the cellular uh, energy is typically, it's ATP, adenosine uh, triphosphate, and the process of creating it, creates something called free radicals, reactive oxygen species, and th- that are very, well, the, the reactive oxygen species are generated that cause the free radicals. And uh, if you, especially if you're metabolically inflexible, you create a much higher percentage of them. So uh, this is why you want to be healthy, but but anyway, If you are uh, there, these reactive oxygen species live very short times, uh, literally like a billionth of a second. And they they don't travel very far. So, and they just about destroy anything they touch. So your DNA, your mitochondria, your stem cells, your cell membranes, you know, if they can get that far, but typically they they typically destroy the mitochondria. So uh, when you're exposed to near infrared light, it comes into the mitochondria and actually causes them to make melatonin, which is probably one of the strongest antioxidants in your body, if not the strongest. And even then it just doesn't, I mean, it, it itself is an antioxidant, but it, it might, the melatonin causes your body to make even more antioxidants in different ones like glutathione and catalase and superoxide dismutase. So and it, it makes them right there where they're needed So they can reduce this oxidative stress and decrease your free radicals. It is far, far, I mean, exponentially, infinitely exponentially superior to swallowing an antioxidant. And it doesn't cost you anything. It's (laughs) free, 100% free. No supplement required. All you do is go off, take off your shirt. And if you're a woman, probably wear a sport bra and uh, get in the sun about an hour a day, typically around solar noon And so as we're, discussing this now, we're in daylight saving time. So for most of us, that's 1 p.m., not 12 p.m. So, and about an hour and a half on either side works and you're gonna get a significant amount of the radiation to not only get the infrared to make the mitochondria, which will actually, you you don't have to get out in those times as much as you get the benefits of the, the infrared because it has a much broader spectrum. It's, mu- it's, it's much higher throughout more, more of the day than UVB, but then you get the UVB if you're out in that time frame to make vitamin D. Now, I have not swallowed a vitamin D capsule, and I would encourage everyone to follow this, this lead. I haven't swallowed one for coming up on 15 years, 15 years I haven't swallowed vitamin D, and my vitamin D is in the extraordinary healthy range
2: because yeah, I'm
1: getting sun exposure.
2: I need to get to that point because last yeah, you year I,
1: you, you I totally do. You totally do because you should not be swallowing vitamin D capsules. That's a mistake.
0: I wonder um, how many people are lacking in the dev- vitamin D department. It seems like
1: oh, we know we know that. That's a good question, uh, Edge, but we know the answer. Uh, would you would you would you like to know the answer? Yeah, ninety <laughs> percent. <90%.
2: laughs> wow. Cool.
1: Yeah, that doesn't
2: surprise me. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, especially when you look at, you know, nine to fivers that are working, how how are they, you know, and if they take a right. lunch 100%. at work, and how yeah. are they getting it's, out?
1: It's a logistical issue. That they I mean, just aren't able. Well, you could. It depends how high, high a priority you hold in your life. I mean, you could, you know, figure something out so that you're outside in your lunch hour, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. they, they most people working nine to five get a lunch hour, and that's the and that's the time where you can get the sun. Right. So it is possible. And I know some people, you know, kind of live in a perpetual winter it's gloomy or in Seattle or Washington or some of these other, countries. I was in Chicago and it was like, that was, oh man, was bad news. It was, mm-hmm. there was maybe three months of the year that was acceptable, not really great, but acceptable. So it's yeah. a world of difference in Florida.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, now you're in the sunny state. Yeah. Wow, so now, so you're saying that we should be avoiding chicken
1: Mm-hmm. yeah I would I don't eat chicken and ideally I mean you raise your own chicken I've got 17 chickens myself but I feed them healthy I feed them today, they're on a very low linoleic acid diet
2: what do you feed them
1: uh field peas barley beef tallow a, a wide variety of uh, mineral nutrients and uh I give them some rice white rice white basmati rice and a lot of fruit because I I have about I live on a 2 acre parcel of property and have a lot of I have a big orchard, so nice bananas, they love bananas, watermelon, uh, mangoes,
2: huh,
1: uh, peaches, plums, you know those types of things
2: and now and yours yours are just for uh eggs, correct?
1: yeah, yeah, I don't so
2: I, whether I don't. whether it's eggs or or meat chickens, you're saying you know that
1: say so yes, yeah, right I mean but but see most of the acid is in the yolk, and that's the most nutrient dense food. I mean, and one of the other benefits of um, eating animal fats is the vitamin A retinol specifically, because there's virtually no vitamin A or retinol in plant foods. They have the precursor to it, which is beta carotene, but that's not vitamin A. And you really desperately need vitamin A to work with copper so that it's effective and can work well in your metabolic uh, respiratory chain. So- uh and vitamin A is so important. It's ideally you don't want to take a supplement, but you want to get it from the food. So retinol was best in like butter and chicken eggs.
2: Hmm.
1: Okay. And and organs like beef liver.
2: Oof.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but but you can there's something called freeze-dried liver, you know, that which you can swallow in a capsule. So you can take just a few capsules and you don't have to take the liver because a lot of people don't like it and they have the same reaction. So right. Yeah. So so, so
2: what kind of meat do you eat?
1: I, I have two meat uh, types of meat I eat, which is bison and lamb. Hmm. And I like them a lot. In fact, a <laughs> lot. Yes. Uh, so I will eat like if I'm this weekend, I'm speaking at an event in Colorado and I'm going to, I've been invited to a, a dinner or two and I'm sure it'll be like a steakhouse. So I'll have, I'll have a ribeye, uh, which I typically do. I don't cook steaks like that at home. I just have ground ground bison and it's just easier to prepare and then i i make a like a gyros which mm. is really good yeah so i just that's my lunch i love them
2: and you and make it, so you make that out of the lamb
1: the yeah, the the lamb, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Ah, i I love gyros
1: yeah I've most people bison, do you still want bison. it you still want it with the the, the bread around there or with, with the wrap or whatever you call that
2: pita yeah it.
1: the pita yeah pita
2: pita yeah yeah. I had bison once and it, I don't know, it tasted a little, a little on the gamey side to me, but,
1: but yeah, that's a healthy one, huh? It's, it's better. It's a little better than beef. Okay. Not much. They're both really low in little egg acid. It's really hard to go wrong with beef or buffalo or bison. Yeah. But those that's like ideal. So, I mean, what are the other ones? You got chicken and pork. Uh That's, I mean, that's basically it. I mean, those are the four big ones. You can have fish, fish works, of course, but it, it can't be farm-raised. It just can't be. And I do have fish uh, twice a week. I, I, I like mackerel, I like the wild, plant, wild planet mackerel. Hmm. Uh, sardines work too. But okay. see, that's a lot better than omega-3 because you really want to get your supplements from whole foods. So when you have fish, healthy fish, you're getting something called resolvins and protectants, which are not in omega-3 oils. Which are really important uh, biomolecules that augment the, the benefits of omega-3. That's why a lot of the studies showing the benefits of omega-3 are really done from fish, you know, not right. just in the supplements. Now, so I think it's, it's best to get it from that. And it, cost-wise, it's not much difference because you don't have to eat it every day. I just have mine twice a week.
2: Yeah, I give my dog sardines twice a week.
1: Perfect. Perfect. Yeah.
2: I put it on, I put it on top of his dog. Now,
1: this is interesting. They're doing the same damn thing to the pets that they're doing to us. So almost mm-hmm. every commercial pet food is beyond terrible. It, it, it is inexcusable. It's literally a metabolic poison for your pet. So for the dogs, it's simple. You can just, I mean, it's a little expensive, but you can just, you know, basically give them a- animal food, you know, create they're, they're carnivores. Right. They don't need, you know, they don't need to eat be eating grains <laughs> or cereals. They were right. never designed to be doing that, and, and that's one of the reasons why, the, you know, cats too, they just they get they die almost all die prematurely from these stupid degenerative diseases that they never needed to have, and they suffer needlessly and they have all this pain, for no damn excuse other than the the, the the commercial pet food manufacturers are are trying to profit from them. Are not trying? They are profiting from them. Well,
2: that's interesting because I, I, my dog has had terrible allergies, and I know other people um, have had this issue as well. There are a lot of dogs that have allergies Mm -hmm. to poultry, and so we have to feed them fish, fish food or beef food. You know, they have to stay off of poultry. So that's it's it's the
1: same darn thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what type of poultry they're eating. The chicken flavored. Yeah, it's always. But well, but I can guarantee you that chicken is loaded with linoleic acid, so you're just you're radically accelerating their premature death.
0: Plus and the dog, antibiotics, don't that have something to do with it as yeah, well? Yeah, it doesn't
1: help. Yeah, right. So right. I mean, It's really uh, I think barf is the name of the diet that's typically uh, referred to for for dogs, which is bones and raw bones and raw food. I think mm-hmm. barf yeah, be it Yeah, I think that's it. Bones and raw food. If I'm not mistaken. So uh, we have a really good veterinarian on our site, uh, Dr. Karen Becker. Uh, It's like pets.mercola.com. It's actually the largest, most visited pet site in the world.
2: Wow. (laughs) Is it really? That's awesome. I'm going to you to go check that out now.
1: It is pretty cool.
2: So wait, so what kind of dog food? What were you just saying? Bones
1: and... Bones and raw food. So, I mean, bones, you have specific types of bones. And I I don't have a, a pet, so I'm not an expert on this. Uh, but you, they definitely want to give them raw food for sure.
2: Really? See, oh, like, yeah, oh yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. But they've been yeah, you, so you,
2: domesticated ed, over the
1: years. Ed, no, no, no. Ed, no ed, Corey, ju, ju, you'll figure this out in less than an hour. Just do your, you use your investigative abilities <laughs> and just research and you'll, 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 you'll reach the conclusion real quickly. Yes. And it's okay. real easy to do. It's not that hard. Yeah. So yeah, just for your pets and then you, when you see the magic occur in your pet, because they, they obviously have a much shorter lifespan than we do. And, uh, so most, more than likely the improvement will be quicker. You're going to have, that'll be a motivation for you to change your own approach,
0: hmm. I think.
2: Even in an the, elderly, what about like an elderly dog who's been, and, used? And, well, this, you know, at some dog. point you reach
1: like... a threshold where it becomes hard because it you mentioned, mentioned earlier, they have such a massive buildup of this stuff, right? Yeah. So their, their level of the acid is not much different than ours. You know, it really yeah. is and some, it may be worse. You can just, you know, they, I doubt that for pet food that there's a requirement to list the omega-6 on the package, but you might be able to figure it out or find out. It's probably it be, 10, 20, yeah, it 30%. Might,
2: it might be on there. Cause they, I mean, they do list, you know, the, the nutrients and whatnot.
1: Yeah. They're pretty good for balancing the vitamins and minerals, but but the macronutrients, they got, they're totally screwed up. And then the contaminants are the other issue. Glyphosate, and pesticides, other pesticides.
2: Lovely. So, so I know you talk a lot about fasting. I know you fast. You do quarterly, Mm, right?
1: I used to fast. No, 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 no. Uh, For most people, certainly someone who's obese or overweight, which is 80% of the population, I think it's a really good strategy until you can become metabolically flexible. Once you're there, and I've been there for a long time, i think it can be counterproductive especially as you get older so if you're at the right weight or if you're underweight the last thing you want to do is fast it, okay. it is not it is not a miracle but it's a really good tool to accelerate your movement towards metabolic flexibility and decreasing your insulin resistance so okay. uh you yeah
0: but you've it, talked about um in the past you, videos percent. about condensing the time frame with which you yeah. eat to help well, your well, immune well. system
1: Yes, that let me, let me address this first though, but, but you should have within your back pocket the ability to fast at any time because if you travel or you're going off with some social engagements, you may be placed in a scenario where you have access to no healthy food. It is just a disaster, a metabolic disaster. So you choose not to eat. That is a good mm-hmm. tool to have. So at, with respect to Edge, what you're saying, yeah, there's something there's, there's something called intermittent fasting which is a broad category uh, that, ha- that can refer to a wide variety of strategies, but the, my favorite implementation of that or a subset is called time-restricted eating, or TRE for short. Um, and that is simply limiting the amount of time you're eating in a day. So I typically, I, well, the a- what does the average person do? 90% of the population is eating more than 12 hours a day. 90%, nine out of 10 people. Are eating twelve. Some people are eating over sixteen hours a day because they even wake up in the middle of the night and eat. Okay? I'm
0: guilty of eating right before bed. I know I need yeah. to stop.
1: And, you, <laughs> you, I do that too. You just have to make a commitment to so your body. You are not helping yourself out. The minimum amount of time you want to eat have before you go to bed and not eating is three hours. That's the minimum. I typically do six. Today I'll be doing. Well, I'm going to bed early because I'm traveling. Early. I have to get up at three tonight, tomorrow. Um, but so I'll probably be doing six hours tonight, six, six or seven. I do sometimes, but so I'm usually around six hours before I go to sleep. <laughs> so you want to keep that window. So most people are more than 12 hours. You want to reduce that to six to eight hours and you do it slowly because it's going to take your body some time to make that recovery. But even just cutting your eating window down to six to eight hours you're going to feel better, even not changing anything you're eating, even still having a high linoleic acid diet, because that's going to improve your metabolic flexibility and, and will decrease your insulin resistance. And if you're overweight, it'll help you lose weight. It's pretty amazing. And it doesn't cost anything. It's free. So, <laughs>
2: yeah. so then so then, let me ask you this. So when I was a child, I was told, you know, my, my digestion wasn't functioning very well. And they said, you know, and I couldn't eat a lot at one time. So split mm-hmm. it up into like six small meals and spread it out across the day. That's so amazing. Med- you-
1: no, that's not good. No, no,
2: no, no, not, a, <laughs> not a good way to go. No, well, and there's if, like-
1: if digestion is truly impaired. And you're like, you're not able to make enough hydrochloric acid or you need some digestive enzyme support. You can do that. But no, especially what see one of the other sort of strategies of staying healthy is you want to have a significant amount of muscle mass. Mm-hmm. So, if you have small meals, you're not getting enough protein to to activate this metabolic pathway called mTOR, mammalian targeted rapamycin, which is responsible sort of like the the metabolic switch that causes you to build muscles. So, and if you're having multiple small meals, it's not going to be that good. So you want to activate, you know, give it enough, you know, like like you're shooting the the system or you're trying to throw the switch without enough current. So you got to right. give it. You got to give it. You have to have at least three grams of leucine, which is one of the branched-chain amino acids to, to activate mTOR. So you're not going to get that level if you have six small meals. So that's interesting. I, you, there's you a go lot to of, two or three meals. You know, two well, there's meals. A,
2: there's a like a lot of diets out there where they where they're more into the grazing. You know, you get up and you have your protein. Oh, I know. A and lot then of you, two hours out there. later, you have this and, huh? Very interesting. Yeah. Well, ultimately,
1: sense. here's the. You know what? The ultimate arbiter of what is right for you for your diet.
2: Hmm.
1: take a guess
0: you. your
1: body your body go <laughs> so try it and, and let your body tell you if it works now you got to give enough time you right. know i mean if you wouldn't try for a day i mean give it a few weeks but it will tell you pretty quickly if this is good or bad for you yeah. so because it may not be i mean there might be some really bizarre snips or metabolic genetic defects that are there and you know you can't do that for whatever reason you know everyone's right. different so, but for in general, that works for the vast majority of people. I mean, we're talking way over ninety-five percent.
2: Gotcha. Okay, so I, I, I got kind of a, a hard-hitting question here. So, I want to know what your thoughts are on where you think we're going as far as we see the simulations, the the pandemics, plandemics. Do you think that they're going to attempt to try to release something more severe, not not to be fear-mongering here, or do you think they're focused more on their genetically modifying, you know, gene-edited food, um, messing with the vaccines, the their whole, you know, wanting to move into these chips in the brain and create this obedient slavery. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on where you think- Well, I,
1: what, for, for more information and details, I would listen to uh, Dig it. Is what I would do. <laughs> so, All right. <laughs> yeah, you know, but but I have other sources too, and but I definitely listening to dig it, so I get some my insights from there. But you know, other people like Catherine Austin Fitz. I've recently interviewed Matthias Desmet to give us some insights. Uh, Patrick Wood, uh, and there's probably half a dozen others. I'm not recalling at this point, but there seems to be a consistent. Uh, Consensus mm-hmm. that um, things are going to get much, much worse, much worse. You know, yeah. like maybe shades of Nazi Germany, not too distant future. So, and the, and the, because they have so, I mean, this is a hundred years later, right? Nearly a hundred years later, we've got right. so that you know they have so much many more technological tools to advance their measures. That's right. why this is not a single world. Um, um, the word now, Um, tyranny, it's not tyranny, technocracy, it is totalitarianism is the word I was searching for. So, I mean, we had Russia and Germany as a totalitarian country. Now we're moving towards global totalitarianism. And thank God the World Health Organization treaty got blasted and probably tabled for a few more months or but I think eventually they're going to implement it, which will give them the authority to essentially. Con- that's they 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 will reach their pinnacle, which is a one world government. They'll achieve it. Right. I mean, we lose all all national mm-hmm. sovereignty, and because they, they have the ability to declare an emergency of anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> anything they want. Global warming could be the emergency. It couldn't. Doesn't right. have to be. You know, whatever excuse they're want, going to want to display then they'll give them all these emergency powers which you know they we've seen it we've, we've seen what they've done the last two years they've just right. backed off recently and, and it, we're able to take a breath which is kind of nice with the uh, nice to have this summer you remember have to, what you remember summer two years ago this time oh my gosh yeah crazy. even in florida yes. they locked down the beaches for one day in florida but that was yeah. the, 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 the 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 sort of the epitome of uh, of of uh, just, just uh craziness where they've implemented this to, to not go outside because it's dangerous. Which right. is what? Ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to prove improve your health. And there, there's almost, it's almost impossible to get this infection outside unless you're in a really densely populated area. But if you're on the beach and, you know, people are, are anywhere near is and the wind's blowing, the sun's shining, it's not going to happen. So yeah. anyway, uh, I think it's going to be bad, the extent of your question, and you've got to be prepared. And we we don't know what it's going to be. I mean, almost, I mean, it could be most likely it's going to be another bioweapon or an ostensible bioweapon. I mean, they obviously engineered this monkeypox, but it's still not dangerous, but they're they're using the media to blow it up like it is. And right. who knows what that'll be. But it could be hemorrhagic fever virus or Ebola even. I don't know. They've got they've got a lot of tricks up their sleeve, and 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 they've got the upper hand at this point, and they're winning. They really are winning. Um, yeah. uh, it doesn't mean we can't do anything, but it, it's to understand that we've got to be prepared. Form communities, you know, get into your own small area out of the densely the dense urban areas are toast. Yeah,
2: You've got
1: to get out of a dense urban area. It will those will be the first areas that are destroyed, and and start. Food shortages, they're coming in a few months. They're, they're already queued up. I right. mean, they're, they're doing the things to, to catalyze food shortages. So you kind of have your food on, on hand, the ability to, to get it or barter or something. But, you, you know, cause I mean, you can go, I mean, we talked about fasting edge, but so you could fast for a month, but you know, eventually you're eventually gonna <laughs> be food because you know, fasting <laughs> right. is great, but that eventually re- results in starvation.
2: <laughs> right, right. Well, I know Edge had a couple questions for you before we before we close out here. So I'll let her ask you those. All
1: right, Edge. <laughs>
0: All right, yeah. You actually perf- perfectly segued that, talking about the globalists' plans and what we at the individual and small community level can do. And I really want to talk about the medical aspect of that. Um, how do we build mm-hmm. an entirely new system of medical care, which isn't, you know, it goes back to the basics of doctors having the freedom to uphold Mm -hmm. their Hippocratic Oath and getting big pharma captured agencies and insurance companies out of the way and out from in between doctors and their patients. How do we build this new system?
1: Uh, Excellent question, Edge. And i thought about this for quite some time, and I've reached the conclusion that it is physically impossible to do in the current structure. It's impossible. So I, have you read the book, Atlas Shrugged?
0: Yes, a long time ago.
1: Okay. Remember, remember Galt's Galt? Yeah,
0: Joe going John Galt, basically. We yeah, go John and Galt. And then
1: you put the people together. They let society collapse, self-destruct, essentially, and then they came back to build it up. I think that's the only way to do it there's just no way to do it in its current form there's they've got the control there's no way to take it from them it's I, as, as far as I say I'm a deep insider right I mean I know the system I've known it for the last five decades uh, or four decades but I just and I could be wrong but I just I don't see it happen
0: right just, so there's you know. no reform of the current system can possible. we network can we network locally with oh, doctors absolutely. like Our yourself? Yeah. And- yeah
1: yeah a hundred percent if I mean actually in the process of Simone Gold came to me. She was the one who started America's frontline doctors, I believe. Right. And she wants to start a telemedicine group. And I met with her chief Leland Stillman, who is just a brilliant physician. It feels like he's my, my, my assignment to mentor him and to give him even better. Cause he's like 30. He's like my son's, if I had a son, I've never had any children, but he's half my age. So, uh, but he's brilliant. And he's chart in charge of the wellness component. We, we, we were so on, I, I just, he would visit me for about six hours this week and we discussed this and dialogue deeply about it. But I think that is the way to do it. I and mean, we can build these small communities, but you know, there's a lot of logistical challenges to it. Um, so, I mean, I'm hoping that it'll work out with Simone that we can watch this thing later this year, like to have this network of physicians who really understand it that are personal freedom and Liberty oriented and, you know, out of the system, but that's not going to be the solution for everybody at all. Because, it, you know, but well, it, the interesting thing, that's why I, I remember I talked about the book that I was writing, That's new take control of your health.
2: Yeah, Can I mentioned it.
1: Yes. Yes, okay. yeah, yes. I, yeah. I just, I just, I just I talked to so many people. forgot what I talked about. That was a while ago. <laughs> so anyway, I think that's the basis of it. You know, it's because it's all these foundational strategies. I mean, there's going to be dozens and dozens of them that you do, and your body, if you follow the majority of your body's going to get better by itself, no matter what disease you have, no matter what label traditional medicine has given you, because these foundational strategies are absolutely imperative to implement prior to almost doing any fancy medical magic you know, certainly for all the chronic degenerate diseases. So, and, and, and so I'm going to have access to that. As I said, I'm hoping to finish this by August and it'll be available for free to any, and you just have to go to the site and be a subscriber and you get it. You have access to it. It's going to be online free hundred percent. I'm going to update it every month to make sure it's current. So it's gonna So that I think having that as a, probably your best tool because you just, I can't, sit here for, even if it was hours, you know, it's just so much information to share and it's okay. so much better if you have it in, pr- in printed form and you know with specifics.
0: Great. Awesome. We're going to be looking forward to that. So mm-hmm. just one last question for you. And this, I get a lot when I'm talking to, to like-minded people, they, they just can't wrap their brains around how practically every doctor is going along with the program. Mm-hmm. And that the question is always, why? I mean, it just seems like highly educated doctors have just lost the ability to think critically. What's going on there? I mean, has the medical education system completely indoctrinated mm-hmm. no. an entire generation?
1: No, well, in some ways they have. I mean, it goes back to Rockefeller in 1910, which I suspect you've known yep. about the Flexner Report. And and Carnegie put it together and that literally threw out natural medicine out the back door and anyone who was practicing it was jailed and had lost their license. So that was the beginning of the end, really for natural medicine in the United States. So that was part of it. But I think the other part, the answer to the question is actually the smarter you are, the more typically formal academic training you have, the more susceptible you are to mass formation. And this, you know, doctors are like, they're just the same as every human being. And they, they are especially, especially uh, predisposed to getting into this mass formation, which is just, a, just a, a clinical psychological term for hypnosis. They've been hypnotized. They got the, the most effective propaganda tools in the history of mankind. So wow. they've clearly captured the vast, I would say the vast majority, at least 30%. I don't think they're any different from the normal population. It might be 40, 50%. So there is no rational argument. You could never, I mean, you could, but you, you will be wasting your time in spades if you ever, ever attempt to try to rationally engage in a conversation with someone who's hypnotized. They can't see you. They can't hear you. They can't feel it. They can't listen. They, they are incapable, absolutely, physiologically incapable of rational, critical thinking. They cannot do it. So, and the, the doctors are right in that group. Uh, fortunately, there's a, there's a number of us who, who, who who are not unhypnotizable by the propaganda because we know it. <laughs> thank and, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. So, there's <laughs> another. I'm not the only one. There are many, many others. But um, anyway, hopefully that answers your question.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been a really insightful discussion. I want to thank you, Dr. McCullough. I know that you have some other engagements that you have to run to, but can you please tell our audience where they can find you and the information that you've put out?
1: Yeah, yeah. We were not on much social media because uh, <laughs> they thought I was worthy of being banned and censored. So, I mean, we still have a Facebook and, and uh, Twitter account. But, you know, we had a YouTube account, too. We didn't, we didn't violate any rules. We didn't. We, did, we followed them all. We, we posted all of our COVID content on, on BitChute. And if anyone wants my media, my videos, all the interviews I've done, you can go to bitshoot.com and type in Mercola and you will see the wealth information because unfortunately, or fortunately in, in August to uh, preserve my ability to maintain my site and, and uh, my life, <laughs> I had to, I had to uh, essentially delete all the 15,000 articles for the last 25 years. So wow. we post articles for 48 hours now. So we have three articles a day we publish and they're live for 48 hours and then they're transferred to Substack, which uh, is a private membership association and it costs a whopping $5 a month. Uh, And that gives us the legal protection to have that content there and not enrage the global tyranny.
2: <laughs> well, and, so, then, and then you have it in PDF format where it can be downloaded too. Which oh yeah, you can download
1: it. So my, my website is Mercola.com, but you don't find much there uh, other than the four articles. You know, And I realized, oh my gosh, because we had this nutrition plan that we've had for many, many years, but it was taken down when we deleted everything. And I said, oh my gosh, that's two valuable resources. So let me make it much, much better. And, and hopefully one of the best resources on the planet to learn about the simple strategies you can implement to take control of your health and give it away for free. So that's, that's the plan. So you subscribe, we have a daily email that comes up. You just go there and subscribe. It's probably the best way to do it. And uh, yeah, and you'll get the information when we, when we, and we're going to, I'm hoping this, this because hopefully the book will be done within the next 10 weeks, but it is, it's like one of the most fun projects I ever had because I literally get to go back to my old articles and I can plagiarize myself. <laughs> I just copy and paste the old <laughs> articles together and make it, make it all make sense in this giant plan and program, because even, even if the old site was up, you'd still have to figure out how, how does this all work together? You know? So someone needs, someone needs to edit. And, and since I've been editing for 25 years, I've gotten pretty good at, it. so I'm kind of, I'm kind of enjoying the process.
2: So now they can go to Mercola.com.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: they can subscribe there, and that'll give them access to the archive and everything that's on
1: Substack. Is that correct? No, no, no. They have to pay yeah. to get the Substack. That's separate. Yeah. So our, okay. our last, see. our our most of our content for the last three years is on Substack. And we're in the process of of transferring more and more content every day over there. So okay. that that is there, but that's I think fifty dollars a year or five dollars a month, whatever
2: okay
1: you know against the legal protection and we donate all the profits to a uh, our we have like about a dozen nonprofits that we support you know I've I've, I've I've like christmas two years ago washington post wrote a, a cover story article on me and it's claimed i was the primary funder of the anti-vax movement because i <laughs> because i donated a few million dollars to nbic and uh, National Vaccine oh. Information Center, so they they took off on that really well. So, uh, I mean, I'm, not, I'm proud of it. Actually, yeah, you yeah,
2: you've you've got quite a badge of honor. You've had so many hit pieces against you
0: well that just means he's over the target he's That's got a right. lot of well, you know, great you know, information really,
1: I, I was showing leland who was over on sunday i showed him that cnn hit piece they made to me where they i don't know if you saw that where they stalked me outside my house first they oh went my to my gosh. office which is just like four hours away because i don't live near my office and they came to my house they drove like four hours one way and uh i didn't even they they rang my bell but my bell was at work and i didn't see him and i go out i go out of my house because i ride my bike to the beach and there was this two two SUVs with people in them, like, and the car was one. I said, "Boy, that's really weird." So, and I didn't look back, but they followed me okay. all the way to the beach, and I did, you know, walk for like an hour, an hour and a half, and I come back, and there they are waiting for me. Wow! And uh, there was a point to this. Oh, yeah. So I showed this to Leland, and he had seen it before. But what he pointed out to me, and you could just go go to YouTube and you type in CNN Murkhole, and you'll see it. Uh, it's really interesting the reason I say that because like I read some of the comments I was shocked I I just read this Sunday like two days ago and the comments I I had to read a hundred comments before I found one that agreed with CNN they were all supporting me
0: oh of course course.
1: (laughs) I know but you know 30 percent of the population is, is hypnotized and brainwashed so but I that's why I thought it was so odd it was like crazy they were like just cheering me on and saying a hero. I was, like, Whoa. I was like, I was like so inspired. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. That's great.
0: <laughs>
2: That's excellent.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, guys. Well, please visit Mercola.com and Dr. Mercola's sub stack and support Dr. Mercola and his work. Thank you so much for listening to this important Dig It podcast with our special guest, Dr. Mercola. And please be sure to share this podcast. We're on Bitchute, Foxhole, Gab TV, I Radio. Odyssey, Pilled, Rumble, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. And we'll see you back next time, right here on Dig it.